Ryan Holtz is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show Podcast. Hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Ryan Holtz Show Podcast, sponsored by Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I want everybody uh, to take a shot, and if you don't drink alcohol, that's okay. Get your Kool-Aid, because... I want you to take a shot every time you hear the words hot sauce in this episode. Today is all about the hot sauce. Uh, Al and I have done a couple of episodes together, and we focused a lot on the journey and entrepreneurship and business. But today, I want to literally make the whole focal point about the sauce. So if you are interested in hot sauce, if you are scared of hot sauce, if you know nothing about hot sauce, even if you don't like hot sauce, this is going to be the episode for you. So Al, without further ado, man. Welcome back to the show. I mean, you're coming back home, so there's no welcome needed, man. Mikasa Sukasa. Thank you, my man. I definitely feel at home. Uh, while I haven't been in your your studio there, uh, it's a familiar sight, your familiar <laughs> face, so it feels very much at home. So uh, I'm very very happy to be here again. I agree, man. I agree, and thank you. And this has been this has been fun, man. I mean, the feedback has been so cool. I basically what we did is I said, listen, I want to go on the interwebs and I want to take. All the most craziest questions asked in relation to hot sauce. And it's interesting because I think we probably kind of filtered through about 100 questions. But out of the 100, there's these 10 that literally always keep coming back. So this is the Google frequently asked questions when it comes to hot sauce. So I'm going to kind of throw these at you really quick. You don't have to give me too long of an answer. But, you know, based on your your perspective of it. So number one, and I, and I know the answer to this, but what is the hottest sauce that Heartbeat sells? Uh, our scorpion sauce, which is our not our latest, but uh, the, the second to last product we put out there, which is considerably hotter than uh, everything else we've done. Still not a super hot, but it is hotter than the rest of the lineup for sure. It's really interesting, too, because you know what? I, I would have to say, like, people, every time you mention hot sauce, it almost seems like it's this kind of bragging rights, like how hot can you eat it or, or yeah. you know, and, and everybody's kind of, I, I find it's one extreme to the other. People say, wait a sec, listen, I'm not into hot sauce. You know, I don't have the stomach for it. I don't have the taste buds for it. It just, I didn't grow up with it. I grew up on meat and potatoes, very bland, all these things. And then you have the other character that says, oh my God, you know, give me the peppers. I want to, and I want to die and explode. And then there's this company called Heartbeat that I think is smack dab in the middle of both of those characters where, you know, I like to call it an adventure in your mouth. Now, I have these sauces. I put up the sauces that I've used. My family's used these. You can see half of them are half empty. I was going to comment on that and tell you, <laughs> I like that I can see you actually use the products. They're not uh, just props. Uh, I use the props up on the shelf, so props to you for that. But I like that you're actually using these products. So so the ones that we have went through two or three times already uh, is uh, the pineapple habanero, red habanero. The piri piri always gets me. But I've talked to you about this, and I find what's really interesting is every time I go through one sauce, it depends on my mood. You know, like, I will feel a different vibe on them. So I kind of call it, like, this theme park in your mouth. So people who are listening to this episode right now, if you're not in the hot sauce game, let me tell you, hot sauce does not mean you have to die from it. It can be a very, very flavorful impact on it. So my question to you, Al, is this. People who are eating your sauce, what are some of the number one comments that you frequently hear from people who buy your product? You know what? I have to say, um, well, there, there's two that I, I say will share that spot. One is I don't even like hot sauce, but yep. I put this on everything. <laughs> so that and that that makes me super happy because we tried to make the sauces be something that can appeal to like a hot sauce junkie but yep. also someone that's totally green and, and doesn't even know what kind of hot sauce they like or doesn't think they even like hot sauce. So that's definitely a really common one. Um, and then also just about, you know, in whatever way, shape or form they might say it, that there's so much more flavor than a lot of other hot sauces that they maybe used uh, prior to getting onto our brand and, and liked. Um, there's a lot of hot sauces out there that are real staples to a lot of people that are good but they maybe don't have such a bold flavor as some of ours do. And yeah. and then the contrast is really visible when you go from eating, you know, I'm not going to name names, but you go from eating like a really common table sauce 
to ours and you realize like, wow, there can be a lot more flavor alongside the heat and the vinegar of a hot sauce. Um, and they just didn't realize that maybe they hadn't diversified into different brands. So I'd say those are by far the two most common and they're very consistent. Like most people that are experiencing our brand for the first time that are the kind of people that go out of their way to give you feedback. Um, those are the two things that seem to come up most frequently is, you know, uh, yeah, big flavor that they didn't expect or didn't know existed in hot sauce. And like, wow, I didn't even think I liked hot sauce, but I liked this. Um, our, our products are very, very giftable. So we see like around the holidays, people are receiving them as gifts. Yes. And I think those are the people that come out and say, I don't even like hot sauce, but my whoever bought me this for Christmas or for my birthday and, and I love it. And I don't even like hot sauce. So like, that's a, that's a win for us is if we can convert people that are like non-believers in, in our type of product, but then they like our product. Yes. Um, I feel like that, that makes, that justifies, you know, what we're doing. <laughs> well, this is like uh like, you know, do you, do you, and do you guys consider yourself in the hot sauce spectrum kind of like a boutique hot sauce? You know how you have beers and you got your standard beers and then you got your real specialty beers, you know, beers that aren't being sold by the masses, but they're being sold to a very, very specific uh, group of people that are absolute nutcase fans over their product because they're going for something yeah. specific. Is it like how, where do you guys put yourselves in the marketplace in terms of hot sauce? Um, I think, I mean, it's funny you mentioned the, the craft beer thing because I draw a lot of parallels from the craft beer world to what we're doing or not mm. us. I mean like the craft hot sauce industry mm. for a few reasons. Um, and one, you know, you touched on it a little bit earlier about how, some people and some companies they're they're shooting for the moon trying to be the hottest and Mm. it makes me think of you know 10 years ago when the craft beer scene was really starting to elevate there was this thing happening with ipas where companies were trying to make the the most the most bitter hoppy ipa on the market to the point where you know you're almost drinking porridge because there's so much hops in it it's like (laughs) it's that race to the top of like we are the happiest beer on the market the same thing happened with hot sauces. They're like, we want to be the hottest thing you can possibly consume. And that's when they start bringing the extracts involved and the, the, the tinctures and stuff that is just meant to hurt you so they can be the hottest, which like, if that's what you're going for, like, good on you. There's people that'll buy and eat it, but that's definitely not the direction we went. But um, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely some parallels with the markets there. So we, we like to sort of think of, of our brand as, yeah, like like you would compare a craft brewery to a giant brewery. Mm. You you can go get a can of beer for a dollar or maybe even less than a dollar. Um, but you can then go and spend three, four dollars on a can of beer from like a craft brewery. And mm. usually that's because of what goes into it. The ingredients that are in there are are sourced a little bit more thoughtfully, they're you know, higher quality and, and just the way they're being produced, they're not being produced on a mass scale, they're being made mm. by hand small tanks by a small group of people in a small company so mm. all that costs money and mm. so yeah i think there's definitely a a comparison between a craft hot sauce company and, and the craft brewery um not only in in how the businesses kind of operate and and how the price point of their product is reflected but also the market that they're trying to appeal to mm. i feel like when we started we were very much in that hyper niche category mm. and i think now we're we're diversifying a little bit more i would not say we're in any way uh we're not the the molsons and labats of, of the beer world and the hot sauce community but we're moving away from the like super super niche craft only in the smallest boutique you know yes. hyper created selections you know you can find us in loblaws and safeway sobeys metro like all the big grocery stores in Canada, like we're there, we're on those shelves next to Frank's and Tabasco and all that. But we are, uh, we're an anomaly in that we're sitting next to products that are $2, $3 and, and they're available literally on every shelf around the world where you find hot sauce. Whereas we're not at that level, but we share a shelf space with those companies mm. at four times the price point, which some people think would, would be a, a bad thing, but it's really not because we can compete at that price point in a market alongside those giants. And that truly represents the fact that we're doing two very different things. So we're, we're, we're bridging the gap between hyper niche and, and like, you know, big company kind of presence. Um, and a lot of craft breweries seem to be doing the same thing. You're fine. Hey everyone. I know you're enjoying this episode and thank you so much for tuning in. Listen, do you love hot wings and hot sauce as much as I do? You know, you have the standard kind of flavors and 
you know, all these assortments of hot sauces around the world, but there's some that are your favorite. Now, here at the Reinhold Show podcast, our favorite, without a doubt, is Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Uh, Heartbeat Hot Sauce, if you don't know who they are, they're based in Thunder Bay, Ontario, and uh, they teamed up with Dustin Poirier from the UFC, who just won. Uh, and they, they put out some amazing product. And uh, the team over at Heartbeat, they're, 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 they're truly, truly impeccable. So uh, we're very proud to, to call them a, a partner of the show. And if you would like to try some amazing hot sauce, some flavors, and get your palate really moist and juicy and good, go to heartbeathotsauce.com and type in Team Holtz at checkout as a promo code for 20% off your purchase and again you will not be disappointed we also want to let you know that in a better effort to connect with you guys even better via social media you know via the podcast apps or wherever you're consuming this or if it's on youtube wherever that may be we want to give you the option to text so please text me at area code 587-875-0634 and that is me so text me say hey ryan how's it going love the show you know hey could you bring on this person or just to say hi and how are you and how is your week and all of these different things i think this would be absolutely incredible uh and i would love if you could do that for me now the last thing i want to say is hey book a free eight minute brand jam whether you are a person or a business looking to increase your brand increase your sales increase your marketing increase your digital footprint book an eight minute free brand jam session with me one-on-one all the details will be in the show notes or just reach out and last but not least please if you've not hit that five-star review take a, 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 a take a screenshot of it hit hit the review submit it tag at reynolds one on all social uh, platforms i can see it so i can repost it and give you a huge shout out again curiosity should always be your mandate enjoy the rest of the show and remember team holtz loves you they're finding shelf space in a lot more retailers and they're getting their name out there on a much bigger scale without being the the giants of the industry well it's interesting too because every time we you know even in researching hot sauces the one thing i'm and again, you know, you have shows like Hot Ones, which, in my opinion, is one of the only shows that's really brought such a focal point to hot sauces, you know, and they've done it through celebrities, which which helps obviously magnify the, the show. But there's not a lot of dialogue, which I'm very shocked about around hot sauce. Like there's there's small groups and stuff on the Internet and whatnot, but you're not seeing a lot of education around specifically hot sauce. And if you are, it's it's paired with like hot wings or or, or drinking or, or, or something along those lines. So my question to you is this, is, is hot sauce healthy? You know, this is one of the top Googled questions. Is hot sauce healthy for you? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think it is. And, and I, I think that is beyond just my opinion. Um, there's a lot of science to say that the effects on your body and mind uh, from consuming, not necessarily hot sauce, but hot peppers, chilies, things that mm. uh, the, the capsaicin that, that gets your blood pumping and, and creates all the all the dopamine and serotonin and stuff in your brain from consuming it. There's your body has a response to eating hot foods the same way it does to to pain. It, it has mm. to adapt and and overcome. And it does so by have you know it gives your body a, a response your body and your mind there's there's a response that is meant to be a coping mechanism and and the effect of it is is almost euphoric in a lot of ways like same mm. way when you break your arm or your leg it, it goes numb it's your body trying to mm. deal with trauma well you introduce all these crazy hot things into your system it's hurting your body in a way it's trying to offset that and and the effects of that can actually be really pleasurable compared to like say a broken bone that mm. has that kind of response so um there there are benefits to it in in that sense uh i mean in terms of like actual long-term real solid medical benefits from it i can't really speak to that because i don't know the science but i've definitely read uh some some write-ups on what is believed to be long-term health benefits yep. you look at a lot uh, parts of the world whose diets are, uh, you know, leaning into spicy foods like East yep. Indian food and, and stuff yep. like that. Uh, a lot of those cultures have very long living people. And there, <laughs> there are theories, yeah. there are theories that eating spicy foods 
is is essentially helping maybe one of many factors but helping you know prolong lifetime whether it be mm. you know heart health there's a lot of cardiovascular response to eating spicy foods and maybe the suggestion is that that is uh, letting itself to your body in a positive way but uh, I mean yeah I think mentally physically <laughs> it's an exciting thing like I've, I've eaten some hot sauces that were so ridiculously hot I, I literally was in a state of mild euphoria uh, <laughs> and for real. I mean, like yeah. uh, not just hot sauce, hot food in particular. There's a there's a really amazing Thai restaurant in town here. And Ooh. if you know that the right person is in the kitchen, you can ask for a dish cooked a certain way. And it's like next level hot. And Ooh. I remember eating this dish one time and I had requested it like hotter than they even advertise it available. Uh, and for a few hours after I ate it, I, I just laid on the couch in, in a very pleasant days, uh, wow. which is basically a kind of a mild euphoric state. So that's a really great place to be in from just consuming something that's natural, like some really great hot chilies, whether it be in food or, or in hot sauce. So I think it's all positive. Now, People we have sometimes. But. Well, and, and your butt, you know, and your butts, right? I had, oh. I had a little I had a little run in with Piri Piri and I, I'm still deciding who won that battle. I don't know yet. Only not because I, mean, I thought Piri Piri was crazy hot. It just. I consume so much of it. I had these little chicken nugget things, and I just I, the only thing I had used for the condiment was the piri piri. And I think I literally like had a half a bottle of piri piri in a sitting. And then I said to my yeah, wife, you "I'm like, be careful, man." <laughs> and, I, and that's why I asked you. I'm like, I gotta ask you. Like, I'm reading the label, and I'm like, because I'm somewhat lactose intolerant. So you give me any kind of cream or dairy, like mm -hmm. that's it, man. It's it's the IBS syndrome kicking in, like the elbow. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hit your hand with the elbow because it's gonna get messy. But yeah, I yeah. thought, is there any, is there any like, is there any milk product or something in this? Because it's just like I was in the bathroom, but I think I just consumed so much of it in one sitting. Yeah. And I yeah. and I do, I'm I'm a fan of hot sauce in general. I think I, I don't think I'm a, a crazy, you know, obviously being Jamaican and stuff. You know, we got the the, the Scotch bonnet, but I'm like, there's a there's a certain time and place for that kind of heat. You know, I like yeah. a, I like a, I like a middle heat. I mean, on a daily basis, right? And I like to really taste what I'm eating. And sure. If I want to be stupid or crazy, you know, I'll, I'll try some really nuts stuff that's more of a, I call it like an anomaly rather than something I would eat on a, on the daily basis. For sure. Here's the thing. Your, your, your normal pairing of hot sauce, people say, you know, wings and all these different things. I want to talk a little bit about pairings that aren't as sexy or as, you know, advertised. What are some pairings that you see that people would say, holy, that sounds disgusting. But if you actually try it, it actually is quite amazing. Well, first thing that comes to my mind is um, peanut butter sandwich. So uh, it's I've, I've promoted this in the past, and and I stand by it 100%. As do most people that have given me feedback after trying it. There's this strange mental association you make when you say peanut butter and hot sauce. People are like, "What? What are you? What are you talking about?" But just remove butter and think of peanut and hot. Right away, you think Thai. You think you know, spicy Thai peanut sauce or like a spicy Thai dish that may have peanuts in it. So all of a sudden you combine those two things, you just remove the butter, peanut butter component, then it's totally normal. Yes. But you say peanut butter, you think of like the way like uh, in, in the West, we might use peanut butter on toast for breakfast. Why the hell would you put hot sauce on that? You got to just take that element out of it and think of the flavors of peanuts and the spiciness and the flavors in the hot sauce complementing that mm. you think of what's in the hot sauce there's peppers there's onions there's garlic there's you know all that stuff lime juice well then you look at a, a, a traditional Thai dish that might have peanuts in it or something mm. you need peanut sauce with it's all those same components playing mm. in, in that that picture so like why wouldn't that be good now add what is in peanut butter that makes it different than peanuts mm. a little bit of sweetness that, that sort of creamy texture that's not a bad thing when you're putting it with the hot sauce either there's sugar in the hot sauce uh, texturally, they're not completely dissimilar in that they're, they're, they're smooth, they're creamy. So you you have to just break through that mental barrier of thinking that's weird. And my, my go-to when it comes to that, and I haven't done it in a while, and I'm really thinking that I'm going to have to make this happen, <laughs> maybe later today, is you go straight up toasted peanut butter sandwich. Uh, I like the red habanero best, but Ooh, some people have said the blueberry. Yes. The blueberry almost throws it in like a PB and J kind of vibe, Ooh. but my, my suggestion if it would be the red habanero yeah. uh, on a toasted peanut butter sandwich 
And the real curveball is iceberg lettuce. Oh, not romaine yes. lettuce, not yes. arugula, none of this fancy yes. mixed greens, iceberg yes. lettuce, straight up. So you get that rich, sweet, creamy peanut butter. You get that spicy little kick from the sauce and, and the flavors. And then the iceberg is like cool, crisp, refreshing. I actually used to, as a kid, eat peanut butter and lettuce sandwiches. No yes. hot sauce, just peanut butter and lettuce because it breaks up that cloying, rich, yes. sticky texture Ooh. in your mouth. Ooh. So now flash forward a few years, you throw the hot sauce in there, it's like a whole whole new world of, of pairings for hot sauce. So and I love the fact that you said toasted and then the iceberg lettuce because to me, I think about texture. I'm big on texture. Like if I go to a restaurant and somebody sits down a burger or a sandwich and any of that bread is soggy, I'm so put off. It just yeah, and, no. and, 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 and the tomato, like I love tomatoes, but my beef with tomatoes is, and you know this, you're, you've been in the kitchen many years. Be careful about the bread texture in the tomato and when that is all happening and when it actually gets to my table. Because oftentimes you go for like a BLT or something and I'm like, this has been sitting too long because that tomato started to drip into the bread. You know what I'm saying here? It, it just, it just kills bread. it. No, it's like, <laughs> yes. Edge, edge to edge mayo. If you don't like mayo, get away from BLTs because you're, you're, you're screwing it up. So you got to go edge <laughs> to edge mayo. Protect the bread, and then you need, the bread. you need that you need that bacon and that lettuce between the tomato and the bread, even with the mayo. There's a science to making a good sandwich, and a BLT is a perfect example of how easily you can mess that up if you don't do it right. Um, and yeah, it's huge. The texture, like with the peanut butter uh, and, and lettuce and, and hot sauce sandwich, it's like the texture of toast. I wouldn't say it's crunchy, but it's got some texture. Mm. The peanut butter is smooth, it's creamy, and then the lettuce is, is like light and crispy and fresh. So you're playing in three very different sort of textural elements and the, the, all of them coming together, uh, it's, it's magic. And then just throw that hot sauce in there and then you, you're taking the flavors to another level. So try it and and if anyone asks you, pass that information along and uh, and see what happens. In fact, we had, uh, we had a little write-up in the Porter Airlines magazine a couple of years ago mm. and uh, the, the person I did the interview with, this came up and it actually made it into the article so I, I hope that a lot of people read that and were intrigued and tried it and that it's a thing that's out there happening that we maybe don't even really know about because it's super cool and it's genuinely delicious and I feel like it's something that you can try that is very much outside of the norm, like you said, chicken wings and tacos and stuff what like was, that. What was the but title of the article, Al? Do you remember how he titled it or how they titled it? What was the title? What was the headline of the article? Do you remember? I, I honestly I don't. It wasn't. It wasn't like, like a peanut big butter and word. hot sauce. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't the focus of it, but it was mentioned in there. Yes, like, you know they do a little write up on, on something from the cities that they fly to. Well, we were like the Thunder Bay feature in that month's. Or I think yes. it's for three months or something like that. Yes. But the fact that the article was was like this long, and they they consumed some of that real estate with this suggestion of a peanut butter and, and hot sauce sandwich, which I thought was super cool because. That's going to stick out in your mind, you know, not to get onto like marketing and stuff, but like someone's going to read that and remember, like, that sounds super weird. Maybe 5% of those people actually try it, but that's more than nobody. So I hope that it got it, got a, you know, got a, a little bit of a place in, in people's rotation once in a while after that. Well, and this is what I like too, is that, you know, even when we do podcasts and, and interviews and stuff, you know, I always want somebody to walk away from that, listening to that episode at least with like one actionable takeaway that they can do something with. Like when it comes yeah. to foodie, even if I watch a food show, I'm like, well, give me like one recipe. Like, give me, give me one recipe of something. Give me something that I can take and just yeah. go and do so that I, I cause, and, and as I'm doing it, you're right. I always refer back to like, where did you learn that? How, like who was talking about that? And you always remember that. So I, I, I agree with you on that shelf yeah. life of hot sauce. This is a big question that people mm. ask. And I tried to figure out, and maybe you know the answer more than I do because I don't know the answer to this, but I couldn't figure out why people are consistently Googling shelf life of hot sauce. I don't know if it's, I don't want to take up too much storage in my fridge. I want to take this on the go. Like, why are people Googling this in such a mass way? Yeah, you know what? That's that, I've, I've had the same thoughts because we get that question a lot. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, when you go to a restaurant, you get the little condiment caddy out to your table. You know, sometimes there's hot sauce in it. So I don't know if people wonder like, oh, do I not have to keep this in the fridge because I've seen mm. it? You'd never like name me another condiment, even something like ketchup that would survive the apocalypse. Like <laughs> you, you still keep it in the fridge, right? Yeah. Condiments, once they're open, they just go in the fridge. That's sort of a commonplace thing. I don't know why hot sauce is considered to be an exception. 
even something like pickles, it's literally a jar full of vinegar that could sit out in the sun forever and probably be fine, but you still don't question it. You put it in the fridge. Why hot sauce gets questioned in that way, I don't really know, but truly, and I can't speak to all sauces, so mm. I'm not taking on any liability here, but <laughs> most hot sauces are going to have an amount of vinegar and salt and possibly some fermented components that will make them safe unrefrigerated. So yes. our sauces, for example, we recommend refrigeration once you've opened the seal, yep. primarily for uh, for freshness and for color. As you can see, the sauces are very vibrant in their color, and we work yes. really hard to achieve that because that's all natural and yes. that's not easy to do. Yes. So we want people to have that visual experience through to the last drop of the bottle. And when the sauces remain unrefrigerated, uh, like think of uh, when you're sitting at a bar and you see the bottle of Tabasco on the bar rail, it's brown. Yes. It's not that it's gone bad, but it, it, the, it oxidizes. It, out of the fridge, the colors start to fade. The flavors do start to change a little bit, not necessarily in a negative way, but they, they, they do, they change. Everything that's in there is reacting differently to those ambient temperatures than they would to refrigerated temperatures. Mm. So our sauces are not going to spoil. Now, if you set it on your windowsill and it's in the beating sun, <laughs> you don't know what the long-term effects of that would be, so I would not recommend that. Sure. But we hear from people all the time that they carry a bottle in their bag, in their purse, and that's just where it lives. Um, I know we've we've done some uh, some tests where we do keep it out at ambient temperatures just to ensure there's no strange effects. Um, so I know they can last, but we still say put them in the fridge. Um, mm. But truly, I don't know why that is such a common question because what else would you consider? Would you ever consider not putting another condiment in the fridge? Probably not. I asked my wife this. We we had this long conversation because in the fridge, and I don't know if you and you and you and Nancy have the same struggle. The struggle's real in the team holds household. Let me tell you because here's. If I put too many, like, even if I want, like, a can of pop or something in the fridge, my wife's like, wait a second. Listen, I'm, I'm packing the fridge. It has to be, you know, don't put too many cans at a time because you're going to take out all that shelf space. I don't know if it's a shelf. My wife said simply, she's like, well, I would wonder because I just want to know how much real estate this is going to take up in the fridge. And I'm telling you, these are the simple details of a household, but they do matter. People actually think, well, do I, like, it's like buying a big condiment. People actually think about this. How big is the size of this and how much yeah. room is it going to take up in the fridge, right? And if you Absolutely. have kids, and I know you guys don't have kids, but when you have kids and stuff, man, I'm telling you, like it, your your Juice kitchen is well, your yeah. kitchen is nuts. I mean, I open up my whole kitchen now. There's nothing for me. It's like surrounded in no, Dora the Explorer, and I'm like, can a brother just get an apple juice? I just want an apple juice here. Like, where's my stuff? And then if you get okay. something you like, the kids are into it anyway, right? Yeah. So I, 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 I just I was wondering about that question because it always comes up, and I'm like, what's people's thought processes on that? I don't know. How can people? And there's this is this is a funny question to me, but basically people are asking, hey Google. How can I adapt my taste buds to maybe start to like hot sauce? How can I how can I basically give my mouth some foreplay in my in my in my sensories of taste so that yeah. I can actually start to to get a little bit more of a spicy palate and be able to withstand that? What what do you see? And I and I'm gonna lead into the question too. So it's a two part question. You know, when when we're watching that that hot one show, you know, there's, people are trying to down milk and water and and so many people say, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's so many misconceptions about. What's actually oh. going to take down that hot sauce, that hot, that hot flavor? So you're the man on this. You guys, you guys make this stuff. You've tried so much. So from the source, what is the hacks we're getting when our mouth is on fire? <laughs> well, I mean, there's this is a hugely subjective topic, but um, from my experience, and and I know there's a bit of science behind this. Uh, people think that something like you know dairy, drink milk, drink cream, whatever, ice cream. It's not that those things don't work, mm. but they're they're essentially that the fat in those things are going to sort of lift some of the uh, the oils from the peppers and and whatnot mm. that is what's sticking inside of your mouth and and mm. making creating that burn. It's going to sort of lift those and further distribute them around your mouth. So say you mm. take a bite of a chicken wing, it's touched your lips, a little bit of your tongue, and then probably quickly down your throat because you want that shit out of your mouth. <laughs> you take take a big sip of, of milk, 
and swish it all around your mouth, you're now redistributing that through all of your mouth. So the fat is, is carrying that like a vehicle and, and plastering it everywhere. So not always the best solution. You're going to have momentary relief while that cool milk, which I find milk disgusting to be honest. So even talking about doing this is grossing me out. The, the relief. Do you not like milk? milk? Do you not like milk? You're not a milk I guy. Milk. Is it dairy? No, I'm, I'm, I'm weird la- though. No, I'm just going to say I'm, I'm weird. Like love cheese. Uh, I, I, I'll eat cereal. I'll eat ice cream. I'll drink a milkshake. Okay, wait a sec, though. How much milk do you put a lot more cereal in the bowl than milk? No, I'm like pretty standard. I'd wow. Say. Weird. Yeah, That's no, I'm, I'm, weird. Whoa. I'm weird. I'm weird. That's a could, weird. Oh. I won't drink a glass of milk. You'd have to give me some serious cash to drink a glass of milk, but I will consume it in other forms. I put cream in my coffee. So I don't know. I'm a weirdo when it comes to that. But either way, Drinking milk, like you're going to get that momentary relief from it, you know, uh, the, the, the temperature probably more than anything and the creaminess of it. But long term, it's not really going to help you that much. So okay, your, your um, food comes on the plate. So your, your food is plated. Let me ask you this. I'm an island eater, which means if you put my stuff like a smorgasbord on the plate all on top of it, I'm disgusted. I want my okay. my I want my my carb. I want my protein. I want my vegetable and I pull. I do the, you know. The mercenary yeah, pull, and then it pulls to the middle. And if I see any sauce that starts to, you know, interfere into the other war zone, I'll yeah. bomb the whole plate up. I get upset about it. I can't stand it because it's just like that's common, it's messing, that's it's messing with my head. Yeah, no, that, that's that's very common. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, so the dairy stuff aside, which I do think there's some misconception, um, bread, bread's really effective. Okay. It's going to sort of like... I'll say sop up some of what is sticking to your mouth and burning. And then, you know, whether you chew it up and spit it out, which I think most people wouldn't do, they would just eat it. It's mm. going to sort of grab a little bit of that and, and, you know, head right down your throat rather than just slosh it all around your mouth. Um, so bread's very effective, uh, like high sugar content stuff. So mm. if you were to, um, chew like a really sweet, like a hubba bubba or bubblicious or something like that, the sugar is going to sort of have a little bit of a, a counteracting effect. Um, or, and again, this one, it's strange because it, it kind of plays into the same concept as the milk, but alcohol. So if you were to like take a shot of vodka, the alcohol is going to think of like a solvent, right? You got like some, some glue on something, you put a solvent on there, it dissolves, it takes it away and it wipes off. Mm. You take a little shot of vodka or gin or something like that, probably any kind of alcohol really. And it's gonna, it's gonna lift some of that oil and stuff that is sticking in your palate and wash it away. But like the milk, if you're going to swish that around in your mouth, you may find it kind of redistributing it a little bit as well. Whereas I think in the alcohol, it's going to bond a little bit better to the the oils from the peppers and everything and help kind of remove it. Whereas the milk is really just going to redistribute it. So, I mean, that's definitely not a go-to for me. I don't, I don't drink. So like, I'm not drinking booze, trying to, trying to cool my mouth down after I eat hot sauce or anything. But, yep. um, at the end of the day, my recommendation would be just suck it up and deal with it. Like mm. if you're eating sauce that is so hot that you have to find some sort of remedy for it, it means either you need to eat more hot sauce so you can deal with it or you need to not eat sauce that hot. Find your comfort level because if you're like hot sauce is food for food mm. and if you're if you can't enjoy the process of eating it and the effects of it, it's kind of counterproductive in, mm. in my opinion. Um, and that, that brings me to like the first question you had before how to fight the heat is how do you gain a better sort of tolerance for it? And this mm. is kind of a shameless plug, but I stand behind it. Eat heartbeat because it is a perfect bridge mm. into the world of hot sauce from somebody that might be a non hot sauce lover, which is kind of what I talked about earlier. Yeah. It is a very friendly, approachable transition from not hot into it heat. Is. You know, you start with the jalapeno or the red habanero. Yep. They're on the milder end of the spectrum. Yep. Most people, unless they're like extremely offended by heat, can tolerate that amount of heat. And I think because our flavors are so bold, you grasp the flavor and you latch onto that and you crave the flavor. Mm. And by continuing to consume it for the flavor, you're acclimatizing your palate to the heat. And then you can move up in the rankings of, of our sauces, but then also to just other hot sauces in general. So I know a lot of people have said, they didn't like hot sauce. They started eating ours, loved them, moved their way up into some of our hotter ones, and now they just love hot sauce in general. So I truly mm. feel that 
our sauces are a really good vehicle to transition into the world of hot sauce. And that's not just a, a sales plug. I mean, like, I really think Absolutely. there's something. Absolutely. No, man, you guys got a great product, hands down. Let me ask you this, too. I've I seen something that you're talking about. Do you drink alcohol or, or, or anything? Because you are you did a podcast that was talking about sober living and stuff like that. Tell me the backstory on this, because one of the things that I've seen with the hot sauces and condiments, which is really interesting, as soon as we start Googling hot sauces and condiments, <laughs> alcohol comes up, sober living, pairing. And then there was an article I read that talked about triggers, people who are trying not to drink any more alcohol. Some people were saying, you know, when I would go out for wings and stuff like that, automatically my whole routine was I wanted to go have a beer. So if I was yeah. trying to decrease my alcohol or not drink anymore, some people said, I can't, I can't, I can't go for wings anymore. It's just too, it's just, I, I'm associating one with the other too much. And I, I, I'm like, yeah. interesting. I, I really started thinking about that. I'm like, hmm, I never thought of that. I'm like, I'm going to ask Al. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it's just what you said. There's an association there that doesn't need to exist, but it does for a lot of people. And, and I get it. People are we're creatures of habit, right? You you think of chicken wings, you think of going to the pub, eating mm. wings, drinking beer, or cocktails, or whatever you like. Mm. So I think that's just that's an association thing. Do they complement each other? Sure, they do. We make <laughs> hot sauces with craft beers, and it's not because you so much taste the beer in the sauce but the sauce is meant to complement the beer and whatever you're eating with them so i think it's all a lot of association um yeah i i personally i i don't drink um mm. i've not always been a non-drinker but uh i worked in the restaurant industry for a lot of years and a couple of years ago um realized that i had a maybe a bit of an unhealthy relationship with alcohol you know mm. it wasn't like a full-blown problem but i definitely realized i was drinking more than than is good for me in a lot of ways mm. and it was right around the time that the business was starting to take off uh and i decided that i was going to take uh take a year off drinking entirely uh, so i did like a sober year just went cold turkey it was actually after it was on the back of a really wild night of drinking and the next day <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm taking a year off i'd already been thinking about it did it did uh, well I, I set out to do a year ended up doing 15 almost 16 months wow. um, like complete sobriety not a sip and yeah. I felt so amazing and my, my performance business wise, my mental clarity, my sleep, um, a lot, a lot of things happened to me in my life that were really positive by just removing that from my life. And I also realized very quickly that it's not something that I loved so much that the absence of it made a void in my life. In fact, mm. it was the opposite. I started appreciating other things more. Mm. So that's why I kind of just carried it on beyond the 12 months. Um, and and then for, for about a year after that, I would have the odd drink here and there, like probably 1% of what I used to drink before that. Mm. Um, and I realized that it, it permanently changed my relationship with alcohol. Really? And then, yeah, um, wow. it, it just, it made me realize that I, I don't need this in my life. And when I do introduce it to my life, there are always 100% of the time negative effects from it. Even if it's one or two beers, you have this mental haze the next morning. And when you're getting up and trying to come and work on a business and you have, you have even a small little barrier between you and like maximum productivity, there's no room for that. If, if you're serious about what you're doing, you gotta, you gotta get all that out, out of your life. Was there, like, was there like a freeing feeling for you though? Like a lot of people describe this thing as, cause they, you know, they, they start drinking alcohol and it becomes this like thing that they do. Like, and people say the same thing. A lot of people say the same thing. They're like, man, I didn't realize how much I made. Like I scheduled alcohol into my life. Like if I went out for a meeting, I would have to, I would drink. If I was going out on the weekend, like they would associate good times with alcohol. And then a lot of people were like, but it wasn't really good times. It actually made me feel depressed and all these things. So did you yeah. feel like when you first quit, like, like this hole of like, what the hell am I going to do? Like what's happening here? Like, did you get that where you're like, oh, wait a sec. This thing actually has a, a certain pull on me. Like, did you, yeah. is it vulnerability and, and whatnot? There, there was definitely a period of time where uh, uh, you, you find yourself in a scenario and you, it's interesting, you realize just how much you associate um, alcohol with certain activities that you never realized before. Like you said, yeah. going out for wings, well, you got to yeah. have a beer. For yeah. me, it was little things like I go out to mow the lawn, I would take a cold can of beer out with me or I'm, you know, w working on a, a vehicle or something and in the garage, yeah. something you have a drink with you or you. For me, it was like puttering. If I'm puttering around the house, whether it be like cleaning or working on something, yeah. you just without even thinking about it, like, oh, I better grab a beer and then that turns into <laughs> yeah, five, yeah. six, whatever. Yeah, yeah it's so true though. I, I realized in a lot of areas that I didn't, uh, you know, previously recognize that 
we mentally decide that certain things, same thing with smoking. I used to be a smoker and, um, you know, you, you do certain things and you start identifying where you would typically stop and have a cigarette. And there, there's no reason for it beyond the fact that that's just what you do. Like Mm. if you go for a walk, there's certain spots you might stop and light up the smoke or after a meal, you have a cigarette or you wake up in the morning. So like it's, but it's all mental. It's all association. It's all habit. And, you know, with, with drinking, I definitely identified a lot of areas where it is just a, a response to, well, this is what I normally do. So I'm just going to sort of keep doing this, but that went away very quickly. And you immediately feel liberated when you realize that you can go into like, especially like social situations, you go to a mm. party or a gathering or a dinner, everybody's drinking, which is totally normal. When you realize that you can partake in that without the, the alcohol, it, it is very liberating. You feel mm. like, I don't know how else to describe it, but like you feel like just a little bit stronger and a little bit Ooh. wiser when you're just like, I can have fun too, but I don't need to do this one thing that is going to have negative consequences on me. And I mean, I'm not trying to preach. Like I don't talk about this stuff a lot because I don't want to come across as like, I changed my life. No, and you no. should too. It's just like, this is what's, it's happened in yeah, my life. No. It's been really positive. It's made a lot of positive changes. Nancy's done it with me. And, and mm. we both made really, really healthy changes to our, to our lives. And so, yeah, I had about a year or, or a little more where I was uh, reintroducing very casually a drink to my life here mm. and there. And then I realized last September, it was actually, uh, it was at our, our one year wedding anniversary. Mm. Um, we, we rented a little house on a lake and we just spent a week out there chilling. And, you know, we probably drank a little more than we would have been for the months prior to that because you know we were on vacation so there's that association right i'm sitting <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm sitting by the lake i better have a drink why like, what does it matter whether you're sipping on water or or a pop or whatever or, or a beer like it, it doesn't actually matter it's the habit and so after a week of maybe a little bit more drinking than than we would have been doing previously i was like fuck it i don't i don't want this in, in my life again so i oh. I, I decided to embark on another total year of sobriety so what? this coming september will be another year uh, that, that I will have completely removed it from my life and, and I feel awesome. I love it. So, and I, it's funny, I had this conversation this morning with somebody about how the, the, the thing that everybody goes after when it comes to drinking is that like few short minutes when you get that first little bit of a glow or a buzz after a buzz. few drinks, <laughs> you you're on top of the world and then yeah, you have one or two yeah. more drinks and then it rapidly starts to go downhill yeah, yeah, and you start yeah. feeling shittier and shittier and then the next day comes around and you're just the same classic thing. I'm never going to drink again. It's like you say <laughs> that because you feel like a pile of shit. Um, but then you, you go back and you do it again and again, just like I did for so many years. Um, but you, you and when you can identify that what you're chasing is that few minutes of heightened uh, you know, experience whether it's conversation flowing a little more liberally, uh, you know, hype feelings of, of like romance or attraction or just Ooh. like you, you you feel like you're on top of the world for a few mm. minutes, but it's like literally a few minutes and then you suffer for hours or days. So mm. when you recognize that, you realize you can capture those same sentiments and feelings through other things, um, or you just don't have to have those feelings. You can still go about your day and your business and feel great. Um, it is, it's kind of liberating and free. Damn, so damn. yeah, that, that's where I'm at on that. And I think like, I think there's an industry wide issue with, with alcohol and, and drugs when it comes to the restaurant industry. Um, Absolutely. but it's, it's a thing, you know, it just is, uh, it's a, it's a matter of, um, the, the environment, the, the long hours, the stress, people need to like wind down fast and hard because you're at such a high level of stress for so many hours and then you only have a few short hours to yourself before you have to go to bed and start it all over again you need to like accelerate that wind down by having a few quick drinks or a few shots or whatever um but again it's like to each their own like whatever makes you feel good with or without go for it but definitely been a big change uh it's been a big uh it's had a really positive effect on the business and I feel like it's becoming more and more of a trend. In fact, yesterday I noticed a little butcher shop in town here has started offering a bunch of bottled non-alcoholic cocktails, which is, you know, it's, it's catching on. Yeah, and I yeah. think when it comes to business and industry, there's a positive trend happening in that direction to maybe move away from it a little bit more. I haven't heard anybody because I, I mean I like I like my cognacs and stuff like that and, and my wife likes gin and stuff like that. But we talked about this too. For me, I like the relaxation. I'm so high energy. 
that for me, it's a way for me to almost like bring me down a little bit. Cause I, th- yeah. there's, I went big gaps with, with, with no alcohol and man, dude, I feel like I'm a Sonic the Hedgehog going through the wall. Like I'm already naturally a high energy person. So I mm-hmm. feel like, I felt like I was on steroids when there's nothing there. And it's interesting because I think about it too. And I'm like, everybody I've had so many, I've talked to so many people on the show and, you know, performing at the top levels of their game. And it does come up. I, I sometimes like to ask the question, I don't know if mm-hmm. some people are BSing me sometimes. Sometimes I feel like they could be, <laughs> but there's some people that are like, they're, they're just like a flat out. No, they're like, Nope, don't touch it. I don't touch it. They're like, I just yeah. can't Ryan. I'm, I'm operating at such a high level. My days, mm-hmm. my, my responsibilities, my decisions I got to make the fatigue in my brain. Like I just, yeah. I just can't do it. And then some people admit it. They're like, listen, I just can't do one. I can't do, I'm not a casual person. And, yeah. and I, and, I, and Man, you do see old. this with high performers, like, Whatever they do, this is the theme I've heard. They're like, listen, if I work out, I'm a nutcase when I work out. If I do my business, I'm a nutcase when I do my business. If I drink, I'm a nutcase. So they're like, it's my personality. I'm obsessive. And they're like, so I need to put my obsession onto things that are good, not bad, because they're like, I'll be obsessive in a bad way. And I'm like, interesting. And there's, yeah, it's been fascinating. Like, I'd have to say most of the people who are operating at the highest level, what I've heard, they're, they're not touching any of that. Zero. And, yeah, it, and they look, and it's crazy because they look nuts. I mean, tattoos, crazy, like, you know, nut cake. I'm like, they're like, yeah, but no, no, I just, I go home and have some Earl Grey tea. I'm like, what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I would have no, never man, thought. It's true. Like, I, I'm in no way implying that I am a, a high level business person. I, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. Come on, man. You're doing it. Come on, man. Come on. Give yourself some love. The journey. You know, they 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 say the same thing too, and they are high level. That's that's how you know you are high level. They're high level, and they're saying, "Wow, well, you know, Ryan, I still got some, still got some bumps to make." So kudos yeah, to you, I mean, man. I got I got miles ahead of me still, but like I am trying to operate at the best of my abilities. Drop and, your humility and, at the front door, man. <laughs> <laughs> All I can say is, what I'm trying to achieve day to day, week to week, long term. I need to be able to function at, at a level that is as high as I can perform at yes. and, and me- mentally more than anything. And, you know, yes. I'm not a desk athlete or anything like that, but <laughs> I, need the clarity. I need the multitasking and then all the rest of it. And that's a huge area where I noticed a really significant impact was um, mental multitasking. And, mm. and when you have that little bit of a sort of a slick over your brain from a little mild hangover, even never mind a severe one. Um, it, it, it steps on that ability to multitask mentally pretty, pretty quickly. And that's where I noticed a significant change. And again, it's like, you know, I, I don't, I try not to like preach about it, but whenever I do have a conversation with somebody and there's any little bit of interest in like, how did you feel? What were the effects? I can't mm. say strongly enough how, um, how much mental clarity I gained from not oh. ever, you, you live, you exist in a state of slightly lower um just like mental function and you don't even realize it because it's constant it's like Mm. it's like a cloudy day you forget that the sun exists when the clouds Mm. are always there and you don't feel like you're you're burdened by it it's just this is just how it is and then Mm. all of a sudden you remove something from your life and i mean this could be true for a lot of things not just alcohol yeah you remove something from your life and all of a sudden you realize like wow there's there's another level that i didn't even know i could access Mm. Um, so that's just been my experience with it. And, uh, it's, it's been fantastic. <laughs> I, I like talking. To, no, I think it's great. You know, I've listened to a lot of Joe Rogan's, uh, stuff about his, you know, freaking, uh, what do you call it? Uh, hallucinate, so hallucinate, yeah, like drugs and elucid and EMT or whatever the DMT or whatever the hell and all kinds yeah. of crazy stuff. But you know what? This show is all about, uh, upgrading people's lives personally and professionally. And I feel like when you upgrade your life, there's so many aspects of your life, finances, business, personal marriages relationships business all kinds of things that encapsulate your life and i'm like if anybody comes on and they're like especially what you said now i'm like that's a big that's a big topic in itself i mean that's a show on itself that's five million shows about sobriety or 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 being sober or or living very present you know or or meditative state you know i think i think that's great i just i think that's uh i think that's interesting how you know you are in the food and beverage business because i i do i find it runs rampant there i think it's it's like a part of the culture. I mean, you want to, you know, after work, you're closing up, cashing out, you know, it's like, well, let's yeah. have a drink and, and have oh, some yeah. food. And I mean, you're just saying it That's like it's it a way of life, right? That's where it starts. That's where it starts. Like, yes, finish up the night, you have a beer while you're closing the kitchen. And then that one beer, it, it gives you that little taste of that glow that I was referring to that you chase. 
so then you're done you go you sit at the bar probably have access to more alcohol than than the average person does if you work in a bar or a restaurant and probably for cheaper or free so you're like oh i'll have another one i'll wind down spark up a conversation with your buddy or your coworker or whatever um and then it just starts to flow next thing you know you feel great and then that's that that peak you hit quickly and it doesn't last and then it's all just downhill from there and mm. i never recognized that when it was happening to me as it was to many people that i surrounded myself with some of whom have have moved away from drinking as well some who haven't and mm. but recognize that that does exist um but it just it was a realization that 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 i made and um it yeah it changed things for me a lot and to be honest like the the initial idea of of taking a break from it was something that Nancy wanted to do not not even myself mm. and in, in an effort to be supportive and and just do something alongside her that I knew was ultimately going to be healthy for both of us mm. I was like yeah I'm in I'll commit to doing it as well and then I feel like we we did it together and I entered into it just to be supportive and it mm. ended up changing my life so dramatically mm. that I now feel like uh <laughs> like i i almost own own the experience as though it was my idea but it wasn't but like i end up <laughs> well i end up speaking about it and, yeah. and i catch myself and i don't want to come across as though it was like a revelation i had and a, and a change i set out to make it's something i kind of fell into by default um and ended up having such an impact on me that i have been able to speak about it very very fondly and and be able to tell people what a great experience it was and and how much it changed my life and there's been a few people that I've talked to about it that I'm close with that have kind of uh, not necessarily taken it on as as dramatically as like complete sobriety like cold mm-hmm. turkey but mm-hmm. you know changed how much it's been part of their life and and they've kind of said like this was a great thing I, I understand how you how you felt now um so yeah man it, it is what it is <laughs> man you guys are great you guys are great people shout out to nancy nancy you know listen man the women in your life i'm telling you they are very smart hey Al, you know why don't you come try this with me you know just, just, just start a little bit Nora does that to me all the time you know She's like, oh, you know what? Just come try this with me, babe. I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I see what you're doing here. I see what's going on here. There's a whole master plan behind the let's just try this, you know, for a little bit of time. And then all of a sudden, it's that's how guys are too, right? I mean, all of a sudden, it wasn't even your decision. And you're like, listen, this was the best decision I ever made. And then your wife's yeah. like, no, no. It was actually my decision first, and then you yeah. took over. <laughs> insight women have insight and are very I'm wise telling you things that that men are maybe too stubborn to recognize is worth trying and like props to them for it because i think a lot of men have have become better people or or just more enlightened people in a lot of ways uh because of experiences that that happened by way of something like you just said i'll, so, I'll be candid about us i'm team i'm team woman man i was raised by a woman i'll tell you this straight up if you have great women in your life in your immediate circle you're gonna be fine period i'm like yo like i remember even playing football i mean 90 percent of my my friends are females i'd be coming off the football field all crazy because you know i'm masculine as hell but i'm like no man my homies were always women i'm like yo so what should i you know what kind of cologne smells better you know what kind of you know what what kind of clothes do you think looks a little better i mean i just know i'm like you want to go to the gold man i want gold yep for sure (laughs) yeah i always say i've I've recognized it the past couple years like i find in business dealing with men and dealing with women two very different yes. experiences and yes. like i'm i would never say and i'm not saying that i really prefer one over the other like i like doing business with good people whatever wherever they're from uh you know male female but who whatever. do you gravitate to more organically well, so the holistically up is whenever i end up doing business with with a woman and i've said it to nancy a bunch of times it's like man i love doing business with women they're just so friendly to talk to a lot of the time and mm-hmm. and there's communication that just is really uh really comfortable and nice and uh, i mean i'm a man so i'm not saying that that i don't like dealing with men i deal with men in business all the time but whenever i have a great business interaction with a woman it, it stands out to me as like man i really like doing business with women it's just great so i don't yeah, think there's I- anything I've, I, I, I'm, I'm there with you. I think that this is a whole other podcast episode too, like most of them are. But you know, the the man and and woman element is so different, in my opinion, on all walks of life and different uh, categories. You know, personally, professionally, all of that. Because you know, for me, I'm just. And, and, you know, it's interesting too. The cadence of how I do business with men and women is different too. Because I'm sorry, at the end of the day, you can say, well, we have that professional line. And of course we do. But at the end of the day, you're still a human. There's still emotions triggering and all these things. 
And it's interesting when I do business with a woman, I, no, I can go contract an agreement all I want, but there's always this emotion. Like I've, you know, I've had clients who are like, "Hey Ryan, so I, I just want to like break this down," and I'm like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. wait a sec, whoa, mom, calm down, whoa, yeah. what's happening here right now?" And you're just yeah. like, you can't get out of that because they're 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 bringing you into that. I I, I do like it. I feel with a lot of guys, there is still uh, a lot of the ego stuff. I mean. I can sense yeah, that the guy's trying to say he's trying to bring out his balls right away. I'm done. I'm done, man. Take, like, take that yeah. crap somewhere else. I could care less. I just I, I it turns me off. Say, I've had guys yeah. try to meet me there because they think maybe I'm kind of that way. I'm opposite, man. I'm so like I'm in touch with my emotions. I like to communicate. I like to talk and I don't like to try to be anybody that I'm not. I am 100 percent me and Ryan, period. Yeah. And I mean, that's awesome, man. A lot, everybody should you know, hope to be that, that kind of person and just, just be real. And like you said, I think, you know, a lot of times in my, in my experience anyways, which is all I can speak to is there's, there's sometimes a lot less ego and, mm. and there's just a lot more, uh, conversation just flows a little more pleasantly. And, and it seems like you can, mm. you can kind of like break down some of those walls that sometimes exist when doing business with people where everybody's trying to be at their maximum level of, of like professional and not professional, that's not the right word to use, but there's, there's like some, the feeling like you need to make certain impressions. Mm. And a lot of time, I think if, you know, men dealing with men, they feel like they got to be tough and strong and, and I have to, I have to be the leader in this dynamic. And, and sometimes, you know, when you're dealing with a woman, it just seems a lot more, Mm. a lot more comfortable and, and a little bit more real and honest Mm. and conversation can flow a little bit nicer and, and more comfortably. And when you are working on something business related, the whole idea is to get to the point of what you're trying to achieve together yeah. and, and yeah. make it happen. And yeah. honestly, I just feel like it's it's been in a lot of cases a little bit more smooth and, and pleasant, and uh, you can communicate in a little bit of a different way. So you know yeah, what I find? We're one you know or the other, but I definitely notice that there is a difference sometimes. I won't <laughs> say this as a, I won't say this is a blanket statement for anybody, but because you know everybody's different. Um, but I, in my experiences. Guys are the ones like that will create sometimes six meetings for something that could have been handled in one. Like it's funny when yeah. we talk about gossiping or or chatty Cathy's and all these things or chatty Rick's, whatever the hell you want to say. It's interesting because when I deal with women, sometimes they're like, oh, let's get this done right now. Like we don't yeah, need to have sure. another meeting to have a meeting for what we didn't handle in this meeting. So the efficiency totally. and you know this multitasking. Mm-hmm. My gosh, to I'm like, Get what's happening right now? They're like, oh, yeah, as you're talking, emails coming in your inbox. I'm like, what? You're, you're, you're emailing me everything while we're on the phone still? I'm like, I can't do like that. Recapping what's happening. Yeah, I can't do that. I can't do that in real time. I actually have to put no. notes and I have to sit there and look and be like, okay, so what did I just say? Okay, all right, cool. Like, I have to go through a chain of, and then I'm like, okay, fire the email over. And I have to like reread it five times before I send it because I'm like, does that even make sense what I just wrote? <laughs> I hear you 100 percent man i uh <laughs> three things for sure i'm like a little bit dyslexic actually so uh, I, I i think i am too like emails uh it's it's tough man like um yeah there's there's but everything you're saying is is true in, in the experiences well I've this had is interesting well. too this is interesting too on 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 the workflow side of things you know and and again a good topic is i've i, I always kind of I'm, first of all, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a day one learner. I'll always learn. So I learn from everything. I'll, I'll literally, if I get an email from somebody and we're trying to organize something, I'll literally read it and be like, wow, that was a great email. And then I'm like, first thing I goes in my mind was why was it a great email? So I'll actually reread it. And I'm like, well, Ryan, maybe you got up your game or maybe I can put this into my process, but it's yeah. interesting. I've been, I've had the kind of scenarios where people are so detailed, you know, they're sending me 10 emails to get this done. Even podcasts, right? You want to be a guest on somebody's podcast. I've, when I go on podcasts, I've had podcasters that have sent me 25 emails before I even went on the episode. Now, I'll be yeah. honest with you. I'm annoyed as fuck. I can't stand that. So that's my cadence. I, no. Tell me the date it's and time. Tax. Yeah, don't waste my time. Like I and, and I get and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I'm just saying like there, no, this man, is not this is me. this is not needed, right? And so then I look at my process and I'm like I'm very simple. You know. Yeah. Three sentences. Here's the date and time. I'll send you a calendar invite. You know, how, I mean, I've emailed you back and forth. Yeah, I, I try not. I try not to write novels. I'm like, get to the point. Here it is. And, and yeah. I like to be good communication too. Like, I don't like you know to let things go for like two, three days. I'm very on it. But yep. some people they're not like that, you know. And I'm I'm like you know I'm reading through the these five paragraphs to get to the last sentence of what my original question was. 
And I'm just yeah, like, sure. what is happening here? Like, I don't even That's know what's happening. You're like, <laughs> let's get on the phone because like we can talk this out in real time in five minutes versus me trying to, like it happened to me yesterday. I, I read through an email and, and, and brought up in the email and granted it was on a, on a, a matter that was very detail oriented. Yeah. And yeah. at the end of the email, the guy actually said to me like, Hey, if you want, it might be easier to just hop on a call. And, all this. <laughs> and I, I was like, yep. What time? Because I, I, I don't even know where to start referencing everything that was touched yes. on in the email. Um, yes. Sometimes that's just the nature of what has to happen. But I definitely yep. get like email envy occasionally where an email comes through and it is so well structured and organized and things are, you know, bulleted or highlighted or italicized in a way that you look at it and it's like, this is a template practically, but you can tell when it's not, but it yep. looks like one. And yep. I look at it and I'm like, damn, like this, this is, this caught my eye. It's efficient. I can digest it all in the first go and I know how to respond. And, and like, I, I wish that I could be as efficient uh, as an emailer <laughs> as, <laughs> as some people that I deal with are. Like business is relatively new to me, man. Like, you know, I spent most of my years in kitchens and, and yeah. before that doing all kinds of weird jobs. I've had every job under the sun, man. Yeah. And, and like being a business guy and working in an office, man, I still have to look at the keyboard when I type. That's that's how of green course. I am when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Like of I'm course. not that guy like historically. So um, all these things are funny that you mentioned them because like I notice the same things as I go about my day. <laughs> well, I think I think well, I, what you're going to what you're going to find, though, is it has nothing to do with whether you're green or not. I think some because I used to say the same thing. And what I realized over the course of time is that you evolve, you know, things evolve. And it's interesting because what I used to th think I was a rookie at, people would compliment me on all the time. Like I would be very simple in my emails and I can't tell you how many people are like, Ryan, I, I just love the fact that you told me everything in two sentences. Like, thank yeah. you so much. But I'm also yeah, the guy that I'm also the guy that if I feel like the emails going sideways or there's some miscommunication, I just pick up the phone and then I'll literally say, listen, I want to have the conversation with you right now and I'll summarize what we just talked about and send it to you in an email. So you have it That's on record. Yeah. That's what you did with me yeah. back in the day. Yeah. You, we exchanged yeah. a couple of emails. I think you hit us up on, on Instagram first. Instagram first. And yeah, Instagram direct message. Briefly, and then you sent me an email. We exchanged a couple of emails. And the next thing I know, my phone's ringing. Yeah. And you're like, let's get down to it. Like, I want to I talk about this. And yeah. I'll be totally honest. It was effective because I can almost guarantee you, had we exchanged another couple of emails, it would have died there. That probably <laughs> would have been the end of it. Not because what you were emailing wasn't, wasn't good or appealing, but an email can sit in an inbox until you choose to take action on it. There's no Whereas life. There's no life to an email. You know, yeah. You have a yeah. conversation and, and things roll. And then you find yourself at a point where you're saying, okay, what are the next steps? And then mm. action. There's an immediate call to action that can't sit in an inbox until you decide to, you know, resurface it. So it was effective. I tell, I, I tell people in sales all the time, though. I'm like, listen, you got to know when to pick up the phone. It's like a relationship. You got to like if you really want this, you got to pick up the phone. And because there's something when somebody hears your tonality, they're like they're looking at that email completely different after they hang up the phone. They just yep. do. They're like, okay, this person, you know, I've had going back and forth and I literally pick up. I'm like, listen, we're going to be emailing a novel short story today. I know your time's valuable. My time's valuable. They're like, yes, perfect. Cause you got to take yeah. the lead. Right. But no, I, sure. I agree with you on that. Al, my last question for you today is this, what is two or three pairings? We can go two quick pairings that people maybe wouldn't think about that they can enjoy on a nice long weekend or weekend in general. That is not something they just think about. Like, well, let's have wings and hot sauce. Give me something that's like, yo, I would have never thought about that. Thank you, Al. I'm going to do that. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to the peanut butter sandwich thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't stress that enough. If okay. you want, if you want unusual and, and unique, that's number one for sure. Is a peanut butter sandwich like a long weekend staple? Absolutely not. <laughs> But like, yeah. why not try it? What, what the yeah. hell? You're gonna be at home for an extra day. You're gonna eat a couple extra meals, maybe because you're around the house. Just go for it. Try it out. Um, aside from that, I mean, man, my, my honest opinion is, and especially when referring to our line of sauces, which I can speak to mostly, they are so versatile that you can eat them with almost anything. Like there's really not too many foods that I would say you want to avoid that. You don't want to put hot sauce on that, like cereal. You definitely mm. don't want to do that. However, I have heard about people using spicy honey, which is kind of a very trendy thing right now, putting spicy honey in cereal 
to get the effects of hot sauce on food with your breakfast. Mm. And I haven't actually tried it, um, but I have used spicy honey on on sweet things that I might not have otherwise put hot sauce on, and mm. it is cool. But I mean, that, that's a really hard question for me to answer if I'm being totally honest, because I, I try and use the sauces in a very versatile way with a lot of different foods. So. Well, let mean, me ask you this way. Let me ask you this way. You guys get tagged on a lot of your customers' posts because I see you reshare the posts of them yeah. putting saw hot sauce. Has there been any any pictures where you're like, holy crap, I would have never thought to do that? Like, has there been, been anything that you guys have stood out and be like, wow, I, I would have never even thought to use their sauce in that way or, or context? Yeah, no, for sure. There definitely have been quite a few of those. <laughs> um, I think, like, where I can speak to more than, like, something that I would have never thought to put hot sauce on would be how people pair certain sauces with certain things. So um, again, it's long weekend. There's gonna be lots of barbecuing happening this weekend. Yeah. Um, but the blueberry sauce, which we, we kind of touched on, mm. um, and and I was speaking about it uh, earlier and, and how it's sometimes a little bit of a, not with you, but earlier today I had a conversation with somebody about how that's, a, that's an interesting one to approach because people are, um, they're a little bit confused by what do you pair like a fruit hot sauce with, yes. with like savory food. Yes. So two things on that. One, I try and tell people, take the blueberry thing out of your mind and just think of it as hot sauce. Mm. Use it like you would almost any other hot sauce. And I'm almost, I'll almost say I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed with how the blueberry factors into the pairing with the food. So barbecue, um, barbecue, anything pork, like ribs, pork chops, mm. you name it. The blueberry is phenomenal with that. Mm. Also, smoked salmon. If you ever smoke like a Ooh. side of salmon on, on like your Traeger or a big green Ooh. egg or something, when I do it, I have like a spice rub that I make. I'll brush the side of salmon with the blueberry sauce, sprinkle it with the rub, put it in the smoker. Same thing with ribs. I'll use, uh, a lot of people use like mustard on, they'll rub mustard on a rack of ribs before they put a dry rub on it. Um, I'll do that sometimes, but I'll often use the blueberry sauce for that. And that little bit of sweetness, that kind of fruity flavor. It just seems to pair really well with pork and, and kind of with salmon. Um, so I mean, that that's that sticks out in my mind as like, this is a long weekend, barbecue heavy. Uh, you know, lean into the blueberry for some of your barbecue stuff. Mm. A lot of the other ones, uh, I mean, if you're doing chicken on the grill or something, green's gonna be great. Poirier's is gonna be great, obviously. That's such a...